Welcome to How to Live Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd. Welcome to the How to Live Podcast Uncut. Thank you for listening today. I appreciate um, you being here. Today, I want to talk about the power of encouragement, how it's more powerful than toxic shame and yet requires healthy shame for us to be able to live in it well. Encouragement invites a person to bring who they are to whatever they are doing. Encouragement actually strengthens hearts to fully participate. Encouragement helps a person to live from the heart and express what matters to them. Encouraging another person says to them, your heart, your ideas, your struggles are safe with me, and I can care because I struggle too. It actually helps a person have the willingness to take risks, win or lose, succeed or fail. The uh, going, like going into taking risks itself, even going with heart is a victory in and of itself. Just the going itself, the risking itself, is an expression of strength. Encouragement can actually uh, help a person to grieve the losses, the failures, and even the pain of risking. Uh, it, helping them admit that uh, we all struggle and we're all affected by life, whether it's the capacity to celebrate or the capacity to grieve. Encouragement helps a person to see, to feel, and to value caring about something, even if what they had hoped does not turn out like they had planned and attempted. Uh, Numerous times I have uh, hoped in something, dreamed about something, stepped into something, and it did not, a lot of these things did not turn out anything like um, I would have hoped. In fact, in the very beginning, I wrote a book called The The Voice of the Heart, which I I guess a lot of people who listen to this podcast have heard of it or read it. When it first came out, I thought, that it would be sort of a, uh, a, um, a, a, a big splash, that, that people would be affected quickly and that there would be a, sort of a, a feelings movement, a return to uh, seeing who we're made to be and doing what we're made to do. And in fact, uh, basically nothing happened. <laughs> it's like uh, not anything what I dreamed. And I remember I was so encouraged by a person who said to me, you know, you you wrote what mattered to you and you risked offering what you found for yourself to be very important after years and years of not even knowing it, not even knowing what it meant to have the voice of the heart. And they even reminded me, do you remember that your whole credo of life was being strong in body, mind and spirit and which meant somehow trying to overcome how you were made and to even get rid of the hope that you were made to have, not letting yourself hope too much. They remember they even said you were a stoic. Basically, who, who he, he who cared less was affected least was strongest. And uh, this person said, you just did what you couldn't help but do, and you just did what you really thought God compelled you to do. So you won. And uh, I was like, uh, okay, uh, thank you. And yet it, it helped me settle into I did it because it mattered to me more than I did it because of how it would just matter to others. 
Well, it turns out that this this uh, book that didn't do well was actually ahead of its time. I mean, truly. And here we are 20, 20 years later, and this book that I couldn't help but write was so thankful the help that I was given to do it has ended up having a 20-year-plus span of impact. Uh, and sometimes I, you can't see me, but I'm just shaking my head in wonder about uh, what's happened. But along the way, I could have been a lot more discouraged and I could have given up on continuing and, and fighting for what I knew to be true uh, had I not even received those simple words of encouragement that I needed more than once. But simply put, that encouragement gave me strength to continue on, to stay on the road that I knew would matter and did matter and continue to offer this freedom to other people as a doorway into the rest of their lives. So encouragement's a powerful force because it really does support another person in fully participating with their whole hearts. If the heart is fully present, so is the whole person. Nothing is held back. Parents and coaches, friends and pastors end up getting the best of those people they lead with encouragement because it says, you have a place to belong and matter, your own secure ground of celebration and grief as you take the risk of giving your heart to full participation. And that's the encouragement I received. I was told basically without the words being said, you belong and matter, your own secure ground of celebration and grief, you're doing grieving. And, and, and they, I was supported in having taken and taking some more risk of giving my heart completely to full participation. That encouragement encouraged, which means it helped refill my courage. We're all relational creatures. And so the promise of care being given to us upon the return from risk, it actually feeds courage. It gives courage. It N-I-N dash courages. For example, if the player knows in his, his or her heart that the coach will still value, let's say a baseball player, Let's say the baseball player knows that the coach is still going to value the player, strike out or not. The player is much more likely to play with passion rather than the anxiety of future consequences. Passion, remember, is the willingness to be to have pain for something that matters more than the pain. It allows risk. If the relationship matters more than the, quote, win, unquote, the player can give himself or herself completely to the task at hand. In other words, just full participation because it's more about relationship and risk more than it's about uh, 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 failure and rejection. Encouragement actually feeds the heart the food it needs to replenish depleted courage. Courage is courage that our own courage is in limited supply and needs to be encouraged so it can remain strong. Now, toxic shame. Toxic shame, on the other hand, robs a person of courage and its confidence. Therefore, toxic shame inhibits the willingness to risk because it says, if you bring your neediness, your feelings, your heart, your risk, you expose your hope to the world, it means that you're weak and pathetic. And if you go out and don't succeed, be a glowing, uh, a, um, glowing experience of applause from others, it means that you're stupid, weak, failed, incompetent, inadequate, 
lovely, un, unlovely, sickening, loveless, disgusting, or where I come from, you're just sorry. Just really just not good. So, so it, it, toxic shame says that if you make a mistake, you are a mistake. If you do not perform, you will lose my presence. If you don't succeed, you will no longer have a place in my heart, which is just terrifying because we're created for connection. Toxic shame influences a person to hide their heart. The shamed person watches for rejection in the people they need to care about them more than they participate and and pay attention to what matters to their hearts. Toxic shame, it robs a person of concentration and focus on the task at hand. It even leads to self-contempt, self-disgust, and self-despair. One's worth is tied up in their most recent success instead of their full-hearted participation. Shame, toxic shame, stops courage. It discourages giving one's whole self to anything. And it, so toxic shame requires that we hide our hearts to participate in life. Encouragement is not some great undertaking. Uh, it's something simple. It can be as simple as a caring facial expression. Uh, I can still remember when one, my youngest son, I was, I was watching he and one of his friends just playing in, in our den. And I was just watching, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was watching and just sort of smiling at, at them. And he looked up. My son looked up and looked at me, and I, he caught me delighting in him, not realizing I was even doing it. And he received it. And I, he looked at me, his head cocked to the side a little bit. And he just smiled back at me and went right back into doing what he was doing. I, I, I fed him uh, confidence. I fed him keep heart. I fed him keep on. I fed him you're made right. I fed him keep doing what you're doing. I fed him you're being who you're made to be and you're doing what you're made to do. So uh, even a caring facial expression uh, can feed the heart that's open to receiving. It can be as simple as the encourager saying, no matter what, I'll be right here when you uh, return. You have a place with me. That same son, years later, uh, got hurt uh, playing baseball, uh, second game of the season, finally playing with his big brother, dreamed about it for years, gets hurt, tore a muscle off of his uh, uh, hip, and um, was wounded. And I remember he, he just looked at me like, why? Uh, which I couldn't answer. So some weeks go by, and he's coming home from, uh, actually it was a youth group at church, and he just started screaming, you know, about, you know, nobody understood, you know, if God did this, you know, God is cruel. If, you know, the devil did this, then God is weak. And just went all through this torment and then talked about how everybody tells him just a game, just a baseball, get over it, or it's okay, don't worry about it, or, or, or. And I remember uh, he, he got out of my uh, truck, slammed the door, and walked towards his car to lock it. Uh, he was 16 at the time. And um, then he walked back towards the house, and I was just sort of standing, you know, outside my vehicle just waiting. And he walked up to me, and he said, uh, Hey, Dad, I don't mean everything I said. I just know you can handle me saying it. And I remember thinking, you know, I wasn't sure of any of it. 
do I do remember saying, look, uh, I don't have the answers to, to these things that you're asking. And um, I don't know. I just know I'm staying. I just know I'm here. I just know I'm going to walk through it with you. I'm not going anywhere. And I just reached over and rubbed his head. And uh, he just kind of nodded. And we went inside. And um, he kept on. So, um, and that to me is actually uh, sets the groundwork uh, for the, for out of which we grow into being encouragers. And that means that to be an encourager, you and I have to carry around not toxic shame, which is shouldisms and try harder and us kind of running from being affected by other people's struggles because we don't know how to fix them. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening. We now return to the rest of the podcast. But healthy shame allows us because it's humility. It says we're all made out of the same dirt. Healthy shame allows us to be people who can admit struggle and offer aid based upon the experiences in our struggles. So healthy shame is actually the beginning of humility and risk-taking, ironically, risk-taking. So healthy shame reawakens us to how alike we are in heart and how we all carry the same inborn neediness. When he was saying those things, my son was saying those things, I got it. It's like, yeah, these are tough questions and I don't have the answers to them, but this I do know. I'm going to give to you what's been given to me. I'm not leaving. And so the healthy shame of being human actually awakens the following four characteristics in us. Number one, we have to face and live out of recognizing that I need you and you need me. We are needy creatures who cannot succeed in life without each other. Number two, I make mistakes and so do you. That me knowing that you make them, me me accepting, I don't mean like um, accepting like giving up, I mean just knowing that we're going to, allows us to sort of trust each other and uh, be vulnerable with each other and tell us to watch out for these different things without it being an offense. A third thing in healthy shame is I don't have all the answers, but I have some, and so do you, so let's share what we've got. Together, we can, we can have more than we do apart. And then lastly, healthy shame says, I'm not God and you aren't God. We are human in need of God. So together, we could even pray for each other in the vulnerability of our own neediness and support each other in moving towards the things that we feel like or experience ourselves as called to do. So the four core experiences of a healthy shame, which allows us to defeat toxic shame with others who don't shame, allows us to be encouraging of others to carry on with the other strengths that we're born with, born for full-hearted participation, born to be sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, and born wanting to give our hands, our heads, and our hearts to something that matters to us 
more than failure. Healthy shame is the ground out of which we have our neediness, which allows us to have our strength, which allows us to take our risks, which allows us to come back wounded, get healing, and step out again. The four statements of healthy shame are are general recognitions of humility, also empathy, and and, and the equality of worth that are the, the, the bases for bringing full-hearted people together. These statements allow us to share our abilities and talents because what one person isn't skilled in, another person will be. We don't hide what we can bring um, to um, uh, the, the party, so to speak, because we fear that others will be jealous or reject us, nor do we hide what we need from others because we fear other people will judge us or reject us. Healthy shame allows us, like I said, to share our skills and also invite others to do the same. Together, we can go farther than we can without help. Healthy shame, these four characteristics, allow us to accept each other as fallible and gifted, making room for all kinds of forgiveness seeking and for gratitude for each other. Moreover, um, moreover, so <laughs> I actually use that word moreover. Moreover, these four inner recognitions that we have allow us to find strength in relationship. In the neediness of healthy shame, we find that we are empowered through relationship to live fully, to love deeply, and to lead well. In relationship with ourselves, others, and God, we find the fullness of life by being connected, not isolated. And we need to be encouraged to stay the course. Healthy shame moves us to experience uh, of need, the experience of need, of others and the need of God. And therefore it, it, it moves us to find that which we were made to have to live well. The rejection of the four core expressions are toxic shame. When we reject that we make mistakes, our mistakes mean we're worthless. When we reject that our need of others and the face that others need us, when we reject that if we don't have all the answers, we're not worthy or worth it. And when we reject Ultimately, because toxic shame makes us pursue an attempt to be God, to make ourselves actually worth being loved by God, then we wind up rejecting everything we could possibly have, and it robs us of the humility that can bless us, and we wind up missing the encouragement that allows us to carry on. So encouragement is more powerful than toxic shame, and through our humility, we can acknowledge our need for it. Last thing. I was running in a, a 5K years and years ago, and uh, oh man, I, I had pictured that you know, you know, actually getting a medal or something, and you know, and uh, who doesn't? Uh, who is full of hope? But anyway, I, I ran the race. Not only did not get a medal, I, I wasn't in really shape enough to do well at all. But I ran it, and as I got within sort of half a mile of the finish line, uh, I'm dragging. There's a guy uh, who had stopped, and uh, I, I ran by him, and I thought, you know, there's no medal here, but there is a life to live. And I thought, you know, I, I, let's finish the race. So I just sort of slowed down. I said, come on, run with me, and we'll finish. And uh, he started running again. He had quit. And I just said, come on, let's finish together. You know, you and I together can do this. And um he actually helped me by running with me. I definitely helped him by acknowledging you don't need to stop. Come on. And we crossed the finish line together. 
parted ways. Don't even remember what he looks like except the side of his face. He went one way, I went the other, never to see each other again. And even if we did, perhaps passing by on the sidewalk, wouldn't recognize each other. But in that moment, uh, we gave each other strength to do that which we weren't doing so well in. So we are created to do together more than we could do our part. Encouragement trumps toxic shame, healthy shame, which we see as defeat so often because of toxic shame, actually opens the doorways to being being able to live in a much bigger house. So thank you for listening. I appreciate uh, your time. God bless you and look forward to speaking with you again. Bye. Bye.